but because they learned the business, they have thriving music careers. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. So talent doesn't represent how successful you're going to be. There needs to be a balance between the two. And unfortunately, if you know, if you don't know the business, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be successful. So you're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. What up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Devana, and this week's Gangstar creative is none other than Christine Morell. Her life journey has been an interesting variety of adventures, from working in a tortilla factory in her childhood to traveling six continents, performing and sharing her music. Her love for life and exploration has given her a multitude of stories and lyrics to share with the world. I could go on about her talents and accomplishments, like how she performs 250 plus shows a year or won four consecutive national piano competitions. She's hit not only the club circuits of Los Angeles, but also entertained high rollers in Vegas at spots like the Palms, the Mirage, Win Las Vegas, and is in especially high demand at private events for the NFL porch and many more. To fully understand Christine Morell, however, it's worth digging a little deeper. From her hometown of Roswell, New Mexico, she has also displayed a knack of entrepreneurship entrepreneurship and benevolence. Her Lil Christie's line of Mexican food can be found in Whole Foods, Sprouts, and more than 100 stores in New Mexico while appearing on various cooking shows. More importantly, Christine actively volunteers in countries around the world performing and teaching music from special education centers in Thailand to aid-stricken communities in Africa. It's part of her mission statement to counteract suffering of the world with the joy of music. She also creates resources and courses to help artists take charge of their own music careers independently, which is what we're going to be talking a lot on this episode about. So let's go ahead and just hop in. All right, Gangstars, I got an awesome Gangstar creative guest with me. I have Christine Morell. Girl, thank you so much for joining on the podcast. I'm super excited hey. to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to be here and get to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've discovered you through, I believe, an Insta story ad, like I think last year. And I just loved um, that you are helping creatives more specifically in the music industry. And I bought into your um, your PDF thing that you were selling where you were giving away all the contacts, like thousands of contacts from um, people in the music industry of, as far as getting like gigs, like on cruises or at festivals and things like that. And I come from a fine artist background as a painter. And so I was like, well, I'm not in the music industry, but I know they like like painters and things like that. So definitely found value in that. So I was like, oh, this is so cool. I love that, you know, somebody is out there helping people who are in the music industry really learn how to make a living from their art. Um, Because I feel like a lot of musicians struggle with that. So I'm super excited to dive in and have you share, you know, all the the goodies and all the knowledge you have on that. Yeah, yeah, so let's really. just have you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Who is Christine? Take us on a journey of where you started and where you are today. Sure. Um, so my name's Christine Morell. I'm from a really small town um, called Roswell, New Mexico. A lot of people know it because of like all the alien stuff, you know, like all the area, you know, 51 and all that. Oh, snap. So yeah, that's actually where I'm from, you know, real small town. So I grew up, you know, um, 
you know, across the street from like cornfields and like I raised a pig and, you know, all my friends were farmers and, you know, like mm. goats, you know, or my neighbors, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, but I want, I knew I always wanted to be in the music industry and, um, but I had no idea where to begin. I didn't know anybody that did music, you know, all I saw um, that existed of the music industry were people that had record deals, people that were, you know, signed with majors. And I, you know, just had this idea in my head that maybe I could do it, you know, even without a record deal, you know, and I, I just thought, mm-hmm. I just had this, you know, dream since I was a little girl that I wanted to do music. And um, I, you know, started doing piano lessons and, and, you know, fell in love with music more and more and just decided, you know, this was the only thing that was going to make me happy. And, you know, how old were you? Like, were you doing the piano lessons? I started when I was four. I started really okay. young. Um, but, you know, as you go through school, you have people telling you, hey, you can't do that. You need to get a real job. You need to, <laughs> you know, have a backup plan, have a plan B. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that because, you know, if you have a plan B, you always end up at plan B. So I said, now I'm going to just stick to the only thing that I know that makes me happy. And, you know, fast forward to now, um, you know, there's a lot in between there, a lot of struggles, you know, everything from, you know, um, I was homeless for almost a decade, um, slept in my car, you know, I've bathed in a gas station, you know, I've done all that. But, um, and, but for the last like nine years, I've um, traveled the world. I do like two or 300 shows a year. Um, I've traveled six continents. Um, I make a living entirely off of music and helping other artists now. So I, um, you know, traveled the world for for a good eight or nine years um, as a professional performer without a record label, without a manager, you know, without a hit song, without a zillion followers on social media. And now I show other artists how to do it as well. So that's been my, the last year I've spent working with other artists, showing them how I created an independent career. Wow. I love that. First of all, girl, applause to you because I mean, I know there's so many things that you skipped over, but just like what you shared, it's such a journey and such an accomplishment to get to where you are now, just thriving and being able to give back and do what you love. I'm curious to know, you know, you said you had like 10 years of, you know, being homeless and going through a lot of struggles. What was it that like shifted for you where you felt like, your life kind of turned in the right direction or it felt like you're getting closer to your dream? Really what it was, was a mindset thing. So um, a lot of people, you know, especially in music, we're kind of taught to, you know, believe that other people have to create our career for us, right? So we're taught Mm -hmm. to, you know, shoot music videos or shoot cover songs and post them. And hopefully somebody will see us and hopefully Mm -hmm. someone will discover us. And who knows who's going to be in the audience? Maybe they'll come and change our lives. And that mentality is really lazy. And, um, you know, I shifted to a point to go, my life is in my hands and to, you know, want, even want another human being to come in my life and change my life for me is very lazy and, um, it's powerless. It takes all the power out of you. And it's saying that you don't have the power to create your own career. And I thought, well, if someone else, you know, you know, you hear, you know, there obviously are stories of, you know, someone getting discovered and that sort of thing. So I'm like, if someone else, another human being has the power to change someone's life, I'm a human being too. So why can't I change my own life? And so it was really that it was really um, starting to attack my career from a business perspective and, and taking control of it and taking responsibility for it. Because a lot of artists want to blame, 
you know, society or blame the media or they want to blame, hey, I don't look a certain way or hey, I'm too old or hey, nobody's helped me out or hey, I've had a hard life. You don't know what I've been through. You know, everyone has these different escapes so that they don't have to take responsibility for, for where their life has ended up. And um, so for me, my life shifted when I was like, you know what? I have the power to change my life and I need to stop being lazy and I need to stop thinking that someone else should do this for me. And mm. I need to learn business and I need to learn marketing and I need to learn how to, to, to figure this out because I knew there had to be a way. And then I did. And so it was really a mentality thing. Wow. You know, and I'm, I think that's so awesome that you share that because I always emphasize, you know, um, to the Gangstar Creative listeners, like it really all starts with mindset before anything else, because without that, you know, no one's going to believe in you, but you, no one's going to do the work, but you, and if you don't have the mindset, you're not going to be able to go through the journey that it takes to get to where you want to be as far as following your dreams and reaching your goals. Um, So I'm curious to know if like, was it just like you woke up and then you're like, you know, I'm just sick and tired or was it like something that like happened in your life, like a specific turning point or event um, that kind of just turned that switch on in your mind to be like, I need to shift my mindset and really like get on this. Well, I spent, uh, I don't know how, you know, I mentioned eight or nine years, something like that. And um, struggling, I was selling my music on the streets. I used to go door to door for years. Door to door, what? Yeah, I used to sell my music in people's doors for years. I'd knock on, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 doors a day. And, um, you know, people would slam doors in my face. People would yell at me. You know, people would scream at me for waking up their children. I have a child now, so I I can totally understand. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm not even mad at them. I get it. You know, the strangers at their house asking them to buy an album and their child's asleep. Um, you know, so I, uh, you know, I, I just, I tried lots of things. I was signed to a record label for a while. Um, I did that and I didn't like it. Um, I, uh, you know, just struggled in a lot of different ways and I was always looking for a solution though. I was always going, okay, that didn't work. Let me try something else. Um, and then I would try that and okay, well that didn't work. Let me try something else. You know, I signed with different managers. I think I had five or six different managers over the course of those 10 years. And, um, you know, so I just kept trying new things and trying new things and trying new things. I will say, um, the first time that I started making money, because I I mean, I was making enough to like, kind of get by, you know, like to feed myself, you know, like I wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, but it it was, it was very difficult. And every day, I didn't know if I was gonna have a place to sleep the next day, you know, it was just, um, it was very uh, stressful. And what I started to go think is because a lot of artists, they, they want to get paid, right? They make music mm-hmm. and then they go, pay me, pay me, pay me. But a big thing is there's nothing wrong with wanting to get paid, but you have to present value to the people that you're wanting to get paid by. You can't just say, hey, I wrote a song, so people should pay me to perform it. Well, why should anybody pay you to perform it? Are you bringing people to the show? No, if you're not, then you shouldn't get paid. Uh, two, are you entertaining the people that already are there? Let's say it's like a nice restaurant, people are already there. Are you helping them sell more alcohol and food and stuff like that? Are you mm-hmm. making them more money? If you're not, then you shouldn't get paid. Um, are you, do you have a big brand? Like you have a big following and maybe attaching your brand to this casino or wedding or whatever it is that you're performing at, does that help build their brand? If no, then you shouldn't get paid. So. For me, I just thought of, okay, if I want to get paid to do what I love, I have to bring value. 
And so for me, I said, okay, the very first time, um, and I had been paid, you know, on and off for different things. You know, I'd get paid to do like a, a wedding here and there, but I needed to make a living off of music. Mm-hmm. And I was in Hollywood at the time. And um, there was a, a friend of mine had walked into a hotel in the middle of Hollywood. It was called, um, it's Lowe's Hotel now. It was called the Renaissance back then. It was like the busiest part of Hollywood. It still is. It's Hollywood and Highland. Um, and they said, uh, there was a beautiful piano there in the um, lobby and nobody was playing it. And uh, my friend at the time and, and um, is now someone that I work with frequently, but um, was someone that I had met throughout my 10 years of being in the music industry, you know, making um, connections, you know, co- again, coming from nowhere in the middle of a cornfield. I, I left New Mexico. I traveled, you know, the country again, sleeping in motel sixes, you know, sleeping in my car, all those types of things. And this was someone that I had met and they had been a, man- a big manager back in the day. But um, at the time they walked into that hotel lobby and saw the piano and called me and said, Hey, you know, why don't you walk in there? You know, we'll set up a meeting and see if we can get you, you know, performing in there. So I walked in there and I had no idea what to expect. Cause again, you know, I don't really have much to offer except that I have my talent, you know, mm-hmm. a, a big thing that people should recognize is talent alone is not something you should just get paid for. You have to bring value. Are you making other people money? Cause if you're not making other people money, they have no reason to pay you. So I walked in there and I said, okay, I have this talent. Let me see what they want. And the guy goes, Hey, what if I put you on this piano? Can you, you know, entertain our guests for a few hours? Well, at the time, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any cover songs. I just knew original songs. I knew one song by Amy Winehouse. <laughs> one song. It was, um, they try to make me go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. That was the only song I knew. And the guy goes, you know, how, could you play songs? Like if people requested songs, you know, could you play them? And the answer was no, but I was just like, yeah, sure. You know, and so, um, and he's like, oh, play me a song, play me a song. So I played the one song that I knew. And um, he goes, okay, could you play other songs? And I, well, I didn't know any other songs. And so I said, um, what I said was, I just tried to distract him. And I said, well, this is the thing. I said, you know, if everyone's, you know, dancing, I'll play the song like this. So I played the song, the exact same song, but just a different way. And then I said, but if everyone's like just having a cocktail and it's quiet, I'll, I'll play it like this. So then I played it kind of jazzy. And, you know, so the guy was kind of getting this entertainment out of, the way I was playing the same song over and over again. And so he said, okay, cool. I want you to play for four hours, um, starting yes. in three, no, three hours, three hours. It was three hours at a time. He said, I want you to play three hours straight, uh, five to eight. Um, you know, you'll have breaks and stuff. We're going to feed you. We're going to, you know, take care of you. And, um, and I want you to start in two weeks. I was like, great. So I went home and I learned like, I don't know, 60 songs or something, you know, in those two weeks. And, um, you know, and, and of course I could still do my originals and everything, but this gentleman was hoping that I could, you know, accommodate when people had requests. And that was when I learned about the power of cover songs. And so if you're not a big mm-hmm. artist, you don't have a big brand, you're not, you know, selling tickets, you don't have, you know, lots of followers. How else do you bring a venue value? Well, you entertain the guests that are already there. And guests that are already there, if you play songs that they know and love, the venue will not only be willing to pay you, but you'll make good money from tips. And I made, I started making about $70,000 that year. So I went from making almost Damn, girl. nothing to making 70000 only three hours a day. So I was working part-time making $70,000. That's amazing. Wow. What a crazy, like opportunity, like how that connected, where you made that connection with your friend and then letting you know about the piano and then making the connection with the the hotel person. And then, 
you know, do you almost like faking it till you make it just like, I only know the song, but look here, I'm, you're like finessing yeah. it and like, you know, just doing the best that you can deliver and you sold mm -hmm. the person over and it ended up working out for you. And that's just, wow, that's so awesome. Yeah. So that was my first like paying gig was doing, was performing, you know, there in Hollywood. So I learned wow. a lot about that, about bringing value. Now you had mentioned earlier, like you got signed and you had managers and stuff. And I know maybe some Gangstar listeners who are in the music industry or want to be, they might have that as like their big, huge milestone that they think is going to be their life changer. So I'm curious to know, like what you said, you didn't really enjoy that or like that. Why was that? And do you have any um, things you can share about that for those that think that that may be the only answer to being successful in the music business? Yeah. I mean, everything depends on your goals. You know, you have to decide what it is that you want, you know, Hey, do I want to just be famous and I don't care about money? Do I want to, you know, be money and make money and I don't care about being famous. Do I want to travel the world? You know, what is it that I mm -hmm. want? You have to decide. And, um, you know, yes, a lot of people think that the only way to success is a record deal. And there's nothing wrong with getting a record deal. I've noticed that some people are like anti record deal because record deals screw you over. <laughs> well, they don't. They screw you over if you allow yourself to get screwed over. I mean, it's just like any type of partnership, right? You're going into business. And as, as you go into business with anybody, um, it's really important to know that partner. Same thing with romantic relationships, right? You go into business with the wrong person, um, you can end up with a lot of, you know, hell. And, um, you know, is it wrong to be in a relationship? No. Is it wrong to get a record deal? No. Now, what's going to happen is if you get into the, you know, a bad partnership, any type of relationship is going to be bad. So, um, you know, for me, I was, um, I was young. I, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I, I didn't know how to, I, I think as a female too, something that I battled with and a lot of battles female with, we always want to keep peace. So having any type of confrontation with people could mean that we don't have peace, you know, to tell someone, Hey, I'm not happy with this, or, Hey, I don't want this. I don't like this. That takes confrontation. And as a young female in the business, I just was intimidated by a lot of these, you know, men, you know, these managers that had, you know, done so much, you know, traveled the world and, you know, managed this person and that person that I didn't want to say anything that might you know, mess up that relationship. Maybe they're not going to like what I have to say. And maybe they're not going to help me anymore. But do you see how like powerless that is again, because I felt powerless to have control of my own career. I felt like I had to accommodate the people around me. And a lot of it had to do with my lack of education in music business. You know, I only focused on the town, you know, creative side of everything. If I had known what I knew now, I could have said, you know what, fuck off. Like, I I'm not going to work with you um, because I got my own thing going on. You know, like yeah. I can do whatever I want. So I don't have, have to the leverage. <laughs> yeah. And see, and, and so a lot of that had to do with that. So it, it, record labels are not evil. Managers are not evil. Nobody's evil. There's nothing bad about anything. Now there's bad record deals. Yes. There's bad management deals. It's very important. You know, I have lawyers now. Everything I do goes through a lawyer, you know? So it's like, there's no, you know, that's like the only partnership I have. I don't have a manager. I don't have a record label, but I have a lawyer. That, that's mm. it. That's my partnership. I have a lawyer because no one's screwing me over, you know? So, um, you know, for me that that's, you know, what I focus on now, I do focus on being independent because, you know, I had three record deals offered last year um, and I didn't take any of them. And um, most people would say, Hey, this is my only opportunity. Well, for me, I've created an independent career so I can look at a deal and go, nah, I don't want it. I already have yeah. my own career. So there's a lot of power in having control over your own music career. 
Now, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't sign a record deal if a great you know, partnership came around and I could look at it and go, hey, this record label is offering me more than I feel like I could offer myself. Then of course I would take it. Um, but again, for myself, a lot of my own goals and going back to, you know, hey, what is it that your goals are? Um, I like freedom. I don't want to show up somewhere I don't want to show up, right? So if someone puts me on a 40 city tour, going a bunch of places I don't want to go, I just don't want to go. <laughs> like I want to just be like, I just, you know, I don't feel like going to that place today. Like that's just how yeah. I am. I like freedom. And I have a baby boy. I have a one-year-old. So, um, you know, going into a partnership might also not be fair for the record label. Hey, if I say, hey, my baby is my priority and I don't feel like going on the road because he's sick this week, it's mm -hmm. also not fair to the record label who has invested time and money and resources into myself. So also looking as, at myself as a partner, can I be the best potential partner to what this record label wants or what this investor wants or what this manager wants? So um, both sides of the, the, the coin, am, are they a good partner? And am I a good partner for this deal? Because so many artists are always like, what can you do for me? But most artists don't really have a lot to offer. So it's really important that that shift in mentality um, happens for the artist. Mm, that's good. That's really good insight. Um, cause I've had a couple of like music guests on sharing different things. And that's always a question I like to ask. Cause I feel like when I do meet other like aspiring, um, you know, musicians or people in the music industry, that's like, you know, one of their main goals. I feel like now, like slowly, but surely now, like more people are trying to go more independent and if the record deal comes and it comes, but I think that's really good insight. And I love that you shared, like, it's not that, they're everybody's evil but there are like the bad deals you just got to be smart about it and you have to know your stuff and know what you're signing yourself into and that's what's right. gonna um determine whether or not you're gonna have a bad experience with a record deal um so yeah yeah absolutely was now you got on to x factor like in the like 2013 i think or 2012 around that time right i'm yep. curious to note like what was the process like and experience like on X Factor? Did it help boost your career at all? Um, share us a little bit uh, about that experience. Yeah, that was, I actually, um, I did a fun video. I have a channel on YouTube where I, you know, I have my artist stuff where I have my music. And then I have a channel where I just dedicate everything to helping artists who want to get into music. And I did a video where I showed everyone how I got on X Factor without standing in line and without auditioning and, you know, or without having to go through that process anyways. Um, so the process that I went through was I just sent in a video um, mm. on, online. And what I did was I, I understood that it was television, right? It's not about talent. I mean, the most talented people aren't on there. And there's a million more people talented than I am. And there's a million more people talented than the people that won. You know, it's not about that. It's television. So it's about entertainment. Now, yes, you do have to be talented usually, you know, but mm -hmm. they're looking for entertaining people. And so um, I sent in a video of me just like acting crazy. I was like flossing my teeth. I was like singing <laughs> funny songs. I was just making jokes. You know, it, it just wasn't like, it was so ridiculous. And I sent in probably 60 seconds. They called me two days later and was like, we're putting you right in front of Simon next week. Um, so I got right in front of Simon Cow about a week later. Uh, we, we did a bunch of, um, you know, it's funny, they didn't really air all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, we did a lot of like competition behind the scenes before we even got to the final scene that they aired of mine. Um, mm. And those were actually my favorite ones. I wish they had aired them because I had created all these different like 
versions of like Taylor Swift songs and different like really cool stuff that like I was really excited about that I was hoping that they were going to air. But um, it was interesting. I got to meet a lot of other artists, you know, so much talent there. Um, you know, they do create funny stories for everybody, you know, like even <laughs> my story wasn't accurate. You know, they said I worked in a grocery store, um, but the reality of it was I actually own a tortilla chip company. Um, and they said they were going to talk about the tortilla chip company being in grocery stores, but they didn't. Instead, they like edited everything. <laughs> it looked like I worked in a grocery store. So um, they did that with a lot of the artists. They would change their stories and make it seem like, you know, I remember one girl lived at home with her parents. She didn't even have a job. And they uh, created this story that she works in a bar and they even rented a bar and, you know, brought her friends. Wow. You know, she pretended to be a waitress, you know, so it was, it, it was really a big learning experience in that television is absolutely entertainment. And I'm not even mad at them. Like people get mad at all this stuff. It's expensive to have a television network. It is expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have advertising, mm -hmm. you have ratings, you have a lot of people that you have to answer to. So you have to bring in numbers, right? So you as an artist too, don't get mad if someone's not going to book you on talent alone. They have to generate money. And if they don't generate money, that TV, that TV show doesn't exist anymore. So are you an entertaining human being? If you're not, again, you have no right to be on that show. And you have no right to say, because I'm talented, the world owes me something. So I went on there just, you know, being fun. And we did a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And, and, um, and then the final, uh, the final episode that they aired, um, it was, I was, I told them, I called them before and I said, this is an awful song. I said, um, I cannot sing this song. I'm going to get eliminated. And I said, it's not for me. It was a Britney Spears song. And they were like, sorry, you have to sing it. I was like, damn it. So um, I showed up and um, I, I, uh, it was funny because I couldn't hear um, the music. I could hear the drums and I could hear some things. And the entire song, I sound like I'm completely tone deaf. And um, I remember thinking, because at the time I was already doing like five nights a week, six nights a week shows in Hollywood. I was performing a lot. And um, I remember thinking, man, I was like just really disappointed in, in you know, in that part of it. So I was a little sad that I didn't get to really give it what I would have liked to, you know, talent wise. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it was okay. Like, I mean, I had a career already. I was already performing. Mm -hmm. I had already been traveling the world. I had already traveled six continents by then. Um, and so, no, it didn't help to answer your question. It did not help a lot of people. I've gotten a few people that are like, well, yeah, of course you have a career. You are an X factor. And I'm like, no, I had already traveled the world before <laughs> I ever even got on that show. And the performance that they aired, I sounded so terrible. If I had never known me and I had listened to that performance, I wouldn't have booked me for anything. You know, I would have been like, that's absolutely terrible. Why did they even let her on that show? Um, so I didn't get any more bookings for it or anything. I mean, I was already doing um, you know, a few hundred shows a year at that point. But um, it was very interesting to learn the process. I mean, to see all the fake stories they created to meet <laughs> the producers. And um, yeah, it was very interesting. Wow, that's so cool. That's such interesting insight because, um, you know, my husband and I will like go to like the free, like you go, you were sitting in the audience and stuff. So we've seen a lot right. of the shows and it's so funny how like a lot of the reactions are staged. So I can only imagine oh, yeah. like how much like, everything else in the, the production is staged. So to hear that they kind of created these stories, um, I'm not actually surprised because like you said, they have to create entertainment. They have to create these stories that, you know, America is going to like be captivated by and like root for certain people and things like that. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, like that's, that's cool that you were able to experience that at least. Um, and then even cooler that you are already like established enough to not really rely on the outcome of X factor in relation to your career, um, which is kind of like something you get to add now to your resume in a sense. Right. Yeah. It was very cool. You have a tortilla chip and salsa business, which is so different from obviously like music. So I'm curious to know like how you got into that. What's the story behind um, creating that business and those products? Yeah. Um, So my uh, family has a tortilla chip factory. Um, They Hmm. in Roswell. Hey, Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true Gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. And I remember when I was like 19, something like that, 20, I was like, hey, dad, you should um, put my website on the bag of chips, you know, because I was just trying to think of ways to promote my music. <laughs> he was like, get your own bag of chips. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> you know, so he was like, my dad's always been, you know, my family is a very hardworking family. Everyone's worked very, very hard and uh, including my father. And so he wasn't about to like hand me some free promotion, you know, (laughs) he was like, go build your own company. Dang, he didn't uh, give you the family. No, he didn't do it. But I I was like, cool, you know, because for me, I've always thought knowledge was the most um, amazing gift. I've never wanted anybody to give me anything. Um, Because if someone gives you something, they can take it away. Um, so knowledge is the best thing that you could possibly have. So I thought, Hey, if I have my own company, no one can take it away. I don't have to ask anybody to give me promotion. I don't have to ask for anything. It's mine. Um, it requires more work obviously, but it's mine. And at the end of the day, it'd be the best investment for me. So, um, I did. So I, uh, was going door to door selling my music once again, and, um, I invested it into ordering. I ordered 50,000 bags, uh, empty bags and um you know designed it called it little christie's and um i took off to northern new mexico and albuquerque and i started going just like i was going door to door i started going grocery to grocery and i started going how do i get my tortilla chips on this shelf and i just started asking a lot of questions until whole foods was my very first big account and they uh, my tortilla chips and um i used to be there every weekend passing out chips and salsas to um the people that were there and you know because i didn't have money for advertising so i would just you know i would show up at four o'clock in the morning because that's when you have to make deliveries it'd be super hot or super cold new mexico is (laughs) really extreme temperatures um you know i'd be unloading hundreds of pounds of salsa in like 115 degree weather like it was insane. Um, and then I would sit inside of Whole Foods for like eight hours and just pass out chips and salsa. And um, within a few months, it had gone up to the top uh, 20 in the grocery store um, in just a few months of me being there every weekend, being there every week delivering, you know, checking those shelves, but, you know, promoting it as much as I possibly could. So that's, that's how I got started with that company. And then I just rinsed and repeated, you know, Hey, let me go to the next store. Then I got in Sprouts, then I got in Albertsons and then I partnered with distributors. And now I'm in like 130 stores around the state of New Mexico. 
That's so amazing, girl. I admire your hustle and I'm sure the listeners are too, just hearing you going like for creatives, most creatives are very like timid or introverted, you know, and like the, the thought of going door to door and putting yourself out there in the way and just going after, like literally going after it the way that you did and are is like just really admirable and just awesome to hear that that's like what has gotten a big piece of what has gotten you to where you are today. So definitely well, and I think extra kudos for you. What's important to note is it's, um, you know, and for the listeners, because like you say, a lot of creatives are timid and they think I could never do that. Well, it wasn't easy for me. Like, it's not easy to knock on someone's door. It's not easy to get <laughs> slammed in your face every day. Like, that's not easy. And it it's actually was really hard. Like, I've, I've cried in alleys because people were so cruel to me. Um, but there was a saying, and I hope I don't screw it up, but it said something about your fear of getting rejected. Or I'm sorry, your fear of not achieving your dreams has to be bigger than your fear of being rejected, right? Yes. Because what's scarier, because people are like, isn't that scary to go door to door? Isn't it scary to go to the grocery store? Of course it is. But it's even scarier to think that I'm going to spend my whole life doing something I hate. That's mm. way scarier. So I would rather go door to door. I would rather you know, ask questions at these grocery stores. I'd rather get rejected and yelled at until I finally, because eventually I'm going to figure out all the ways not to do something. Eventually I'm going to have done everything wrong and then I'll figure out how to do it right. You know, there's only so many ways that you can do something wrong. If you keep doing something, you'll eventually figure out how to do it. And I've kind of just always adapted that mentality that, hey, I can get rejected. You know, I always tell everyone nine out of 10 times. For me, usually nine out of 10 times, nine people will say no. And then I'll usually get a yes. You know, that's 90% failure rate. It's not like yeah. I'm over here, like just winning. I'm not just like walking around. <laughs> no, winner. no, I'm, I'm failing over and over and over again until I get it right. So I just, I, I think that that's important to note so that the people listening don't think I just have it down because I never have. I don't have a degree in anything. I don't have an education. I didn't have a mentor. I had nobody telling me what to do. Instead, I was just willing to make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I always say and believe that the best knowledge that you can get and the best way to kind of get over your fears is just by doing whatever it is like just whatever you feel like is going to scare you just go and, and do it and the more that you do it the more you're going to build up this sort of like endurance and you're going to be okay with that rejection and it's almost kind of like telling yourself well how many no's can I get because I know if I can get at least like 10 no's I know the the 11th no is going to be my yes and it's just yes. kind of like building that strength in your mindset. So that's really cool. And I like that you're sharing that um, honest side to it too, to the listeners. Cause like, I, I know that it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. I can only imagine, but I'm sure it felt good to have that experience and do, you know, get those yeses when you did get those yeses. Right. Yeah. Did you um, sell the company? Do you still run it? Or do you, did you hire like a CEO to run it while you focus on your music or you kind of do everything simultaneously? No, I still run it. Wow. I still run that company. So um, I, I, uh, I have distributors. I no longer show up at the grocery stores at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, so I have a distribution. I have manufacturers. Um, so I, I have different, you know, people and companies that play different roles, but um, I still oversee everything. Awesome. So somebody who does several things, um, how do you balance everything, you know, especially being a mom, having the tortilla business, you know, having online education for artists, 
doing your own um, music career? Like, how do you balance everything? And do you have a specific daily routine that helps you kind of get things done? Uh, for the most part, um, I, managing your time, I would say, is you know the most important thing with uh, doing anything, whatever your goals are, and prioritizing. So for me, you know, I prioritize uh, as a mom now. I'm a single mom. I take care of my son um, by myself. So um, my priorities have shifted, whereas my priorities before were freedom-based. How can I travel the world? How can I experience as much as I possibly can? And I did. I, I dove with sharks. I jumped off of buildings. I, you know, I, <laughs> I just traveled to exotic islands, and I went to Asia, and I went to Africa, and I, went, you know, and I volunteered with, you know, orphans, and I, did, you know, I did so many cool things. Everything was about freedom and experiences, and now. It's different. I have my son. I'm not going to go jump and, you know, swim with great whites. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> boy, you know, so, um, you know, my, my priorities have shifted. And so now I go, okay, how do I best provide for my son while also enjoying my life? How, how do I do that? So, um, you know, helping other artists was a big thing. And so I said, how do I create value for other artists so that I can then make a living as well? So again, how do I get paid? Right. How do I generate income? But for me to generate income, I have to create value. The book that you bought, um, which was a book of, you know, 4,000, 5,000 uh, contacts for like blogs and websites and magazines and Spotify mm -hmm. playlists and, you know, all these different media outlets that help promote independent artists. They, you know, they accept music from independent artists. They love music from independent artists. You know, they want to share and help the independents. And so for me, I thought, hey, that's a pretty cool thing to be able to offer to artists because most of them don't know how to do that. And furthermore, I'll also show people how I've managed to get on. You know, I've set up 25 city tours by myself. You know, I've gotten on Fox and NBC and Power 106 and Kiss FM and big TV networks and radio networks, again, independently without having to pay them. Well, there's so many artists that wonder how I do that. So let me put all this together. I'll put together a nice um, training program. So I decided, hey, I can record videos, I can create PDFs. So what it ha what happens is I don't have to sit there in front of like a class and teach. I have yeah. the video recorded. So now I have more of my time. Again, it's management of my time because I also want to raise my son. I don't want to miss his first steps, his first words, his first everything. For me, my son is, that is all, you know, I'm going, I'm not going to miss. But at the same time, I have to make a living. And the one thing that I know best is what I've done for 10 years, and that was be an independent artist. So then I learned online marketing. I learned, you know, how to uh, marketing. I learned, studied Facebook ads. I studied Google ads. I studied all those things because I said, hey, if I want to do this as a business, I have to learn the things that are required. And so um, that's what I did. And, you know, and on a daily basis, what I do is I say, what is priority today? So priority is usually how much value can I give? And then what's the best way to promote that, you know, book or that training or whatever it is so that I can then make money so then I can then provide for my son. So what are some cool things that I could do? You know, one of the things that I'm working on right now is I'm about to teach everyone how to play piano in seven days. So I'm like, I can't wait to do that because that's cool. That's valuable. <laughs> if yeah. someone wants to learn piano and they can learn how to be on stage in seven days, you know, that's awesome because most people are like oh man i have to play for three years and five years and i have to study scales and i have to learn all this crap that i don't want to you know learn well mm -hmm. i'm going to show someone how to do it in seven days that's valuable so for me that's a priority for me so each day it goes hey is it am i going to you know generate more value which in turn is going to create income for me by working on my website today should i redo my logo no that's nobody's going to 
as long as I have a decent website or whatever, me redesigning my website every day is not going to one, create value for anyone. And two, because I'm not creating value for anyone, they're not going to pay me. So I can't, you know, then provide for myself and my son. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it's how do I, what, what do people want? And so I ask that a lot. Um, I have a mailing list and I go, Hey guys, what's, what's some problems that you're dealing with? And they go, man, I don't play an instrument, but I don't want to have to study for two years. Okay, cool. Let me give the people what they want. You know, let me just give mm -hmm. them what they want. And, um, I'm going to prioritize that because I know that that's what everyone's asking for. Instead of me going, I should redesign my business card. You know, I should shoot <laughs> you know, a new music video about this cover song, you know, instead I don't have all the time in the world like I did before. And I have a big responsibility with my son. Um, so it's just prioritizing, Hey, what is the, if I have, and, and some of those, you know, being, if anyone's listening, that is a single mom, then they know sometimes you only have 10 minutes in the whole entire day. That is all you have because your child is screaming and crying and throwing up on you. They're sick. You know, you're tired, you're exhausted, you know? So if I only have 10 minutes, What's the one thing that I can give that would be the most valuable to my listeners, to my, you know, people subscribe to my email list? What could I possibly do that's going to create value for them, you know, and, and be most productive in my life? So that's what I do. I just, I have a list every day. I prioritize, I prioritize into categories. I prioritize into, hey, here's my chip business or whatever my goals are for that week or month. Um, so I have my short-term daily goals. So I have these like micro goals that if I can achieve these small micro goals each day, then by the end of the month, I'll have finished my larger goal, which is, you know, let's say my goal is to finish my piano course, for example, which is going to have 20 videos. Then I know if I do one video a day for the next three weeks, I will have it done in three weeks. So things like that, rather than having like, I hope I make, you know, $100,000 next month or whatever it is. Instead, I go, okay, this is what I need to make each day financially. And this is the value that I need to create. People are saying that they want a piano course. So how do I do that every day? You know, so different things like that. So definitely micro goals and time management. Mm, that's so good. Um, I'm curious to know, like you obviously had years and years of experience in the music business. What would you say are, or was like your biggest mistake that you made um, throughout your music career? And what did you learn from that? How did you grow from that? Uh, back to what we were talking about, not taking responsibility for educating myself in it. You know, and education doesn't mean mm. you have to go to college, you know, and I'm actually not a huge advocate for college at all. Um, so I'm more of a learn whatever it is that you're trying to do. You know, if you are trying to, um, travel the world, then study booking. Um, you know, if you're trying to build a brand, you know, study how to build a brand, study specifically what it is that you want. We are in just an amazing era where we have all the information at our hands. We don't even have to spend money for it. You can find it on YouTube if you have the discipline. Mm -hmm. Now, some people don't have the discipline and they would rather go to college. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you do have the discipline, why not just seek out exactly what you're trying to do rather than trying to, you know, a, like a, a college curriculum might make you touch on a million things that you're not even trying to do. You know, so and that's why goal setting is really important. But um, I would just say that I would say if I was going to do anything different and I'm not mad about my life at all, because my life, I mean, I definitely would not be I have so much freedom now and control and power over my life now. So I wouldn't even say I'd change anything. But if, you know, 
somehow I went back in time, 15 years, 20 years or whatever, that would be the only thing I would do different. I would just mm. have um, asked more questions, asked more about the business of music. I would have studied um, a little bit more about that instead of just focusing on the creative side. Mm, that's good advice. And that's why one of the big reasons why I created this podcast is, you know, I feel like a lot of creatives um, don't know the business side They're, you know, we have the craft side down, but it's the business side. Like, how can we thrive? How can we make a living? And I know a lot of creatives don't really share that side. So I wanted to create this podcast to interview amazing people like you, because there's so many different journeys that you can take to be successful as a creative and like really pull back the curtain and have um, other people share like how they got to where they are and their business strategies and things like that. And to everybody listening, um, if you want to, you know, be in the music industry and make a living from your music, you have to check out her website and all her things that I will have linked um, in the show notes because she provides amazing value. I've looked through your stuff because I know a lot about like online marketing stuff. So I like to see what other people do as well. And like mm -hmm. I, I bought into your um, PDF as well and literally thousands of contacts with emails, some phone numbers. Like if you really want to take this seriously, I think she, she definitely has um, a lot of value that she can give to you and help you kind of skip over some of those mistakes and skip over spending all those hours that she probably took to create all of that stuff um, that she has in her resources that are on her website. Um, so if you could just share a little bit about, you know, what would you say are the best ways that musicians and artists can make money from their music and being in the music business? Yeah, again, it goes back to what your goal is. So the first way that I made money was performing. I loved performing. So if someone goes, hey, I want to perform, but I don't have a brand, I don't have a following, I can't sell tickets, you know, something like that. Then I go, okay, great, cover songs, just learn cover songs. Um, you can start there because you can still do, you know, original music, you can still do that. But again, you have to create value. And if there's a whole room of people who don't know you and don't care, um, if you're just playing songs that you wrote, then you know, you're not, you're probably not helping that business make any more money um, because they're not, you know, they don't recognize the songs every time. So it's nice to enter, you know, bring in some songs that they'll know and then put in the songs that you know, you know, something like that. So there's a way, you know, that if you don't have any branding, don't have any record label, don't have any manager, you know, that's a great way to start. And I cover how to do all that actually on my YouTube channel, which I'll give you the link for later. And I give all that away as free information. Um, for people to just check out, um, you know, to see how I've done it. So that's a good way. Um, but if someone doesn't want to perform, you know, and, and they want to, you know, sell their music online, you know, then they should, I always tell everyone, I'm like, a lot of people focus so much on like Spotify, just getting plays and that sort of thing. But if someone's mm -hmm. trying to make money, that's different. Like there's, you have to get very specific with what your goals are. If you just want to be famous, I have a friend that has half a billion plays, a billion 500 million plays on YouTube and doesn't make a living off of music because she doesn't know how to monetize it. Like she makes a little bit, you know, she'll make, she'll get some money from, you know, but she's doing cover songs. So, you know, you don't get paid for those cover songs. The publisher does. Um, so, you know, someone like that, you know, Hey, if that's your only goal, all you care about is being famous, then Hey, you might just shoot cover song videos all day. But I mm. think if you're really talented and you know, you're, you're generating on that, learn the money side too. Why not make a living off of what you do? You know, so many people glorify being this starving artist. What is so glorified about this? Terrible. <laughs> that just means you just are lazy and you don't want to learn the other side of it. You'd again, rather hope that someone else finds you and does it for you, you know? And so, um, 
you know, there's a lot of things that I always tell everyone. I was just talking to an artist the other day and he was telling me that he's like, I'm just going to focus on Spotify playlists. I'm just going to focus on this. And, and I said, okay, and then what? And he's like, well, I mean, and that's it. Well, and then, and then what happens, you know? And he's like, well, I don't know. And I said, okay, let me, let me talk to you a little bit about this. So then someone who says, I want to make money online. I say, why don't, instead of you focusing on that, why don't you focus on building your mailing list? Because if you focus on being, building your mailing list, you can give away your music for free, build a landing page. You can build these landing pages. There's plenty of uh, uh, companies out there that you can do it for very inexpensive, mm -hmm. like $7 a month. Build a landing page. Tell people, hey, I'm going to give you my song for free. Just join it for my mailing list. And so now you're, you're, you're collecting all these people who love and want your music. You know, you're not just, because a lot of people will like boost a post on Facebook, for example, and they're just hoping that it gets out to people. Well, a lot of those people just don't care. Like they don't, a lot of those people, you don't know who you're advertising to. You could be advertising to, you know, a person that doesn't even speak English. You know, unless you know about marketing, just boosting a post isn't going to really help you much. But if you can um, gather emails, like maybe you're posting on your Facebook, maybe you're texting your friends, maybe you're, you know, encouraging on your YouTube videos for people to go to join your mailing list. Um, this is a big one that I always tell everyone. You're building your list and let's say you just have, you build up a nice list of 5,000 people and then you drop your album and your album is 20 bucks and 10% of those people buy. Mm -hmm. That's 500 people, right? 500 people buy your album, you know, and let's say you sell um, it for $20. And so you're not having to pay iTunes. You're not having to pay Spotify. You know, you're not sharing your, your money with anybody. You're keeping all of that. Well, you just made 10 grand just off of selling to 500 people, you know, like that's it. So if you sell to 2,500 people a year at $20, that's $50,000 a year. That's only 2,500 people. So if your goal is to make money, you don't have to be famous. Like that's a big thing. You don't have to have a million plays on YouTube. You don't have to have a million plays on Spotify. Cause I get, what's funny is I get some haters on Instagram. They'll rat me and they'll go, you know, why should I trust you? you know, you're not getting a million plays on Spotify. And I go, yeah, but I'm making a living. And a lot of those people that are getting a million plays on Spotify are not. And all I care about is, am I using my gifts and talents to bring value to the world, which in turn makes me money? Both of those things. Am I creating great music? Because if I'm creating great music and then I'm offering a way for people to buy the album directly from me and I'm like signing the album, like they're getting all this extra value, right? If they just buy it off of Walmart or Amazon, they're not getting the personal touch. They're not getting to talk to me. They're not getting to, you know, message me, I'm giving them more value, then I'm going to make more money off of it too. And I'm going to make a better living sharing my talents and gifts with the world because I've also looked at it as a business. So that's a big thing. I always tell everyone, build your email list because you only need like 2,500 people to spend $10 <laughs> a year like that. I mean, to spend $20, you're making $50,000 a year. Most people would be happy with $50,000 a year. That would pay your house payment. That pays your car payment that, you know, you can live off of that. Um, rather than chasing this dream of being famous and thinking that that's the only way to be famous, the only way to be successful. I think it's wonderful to continue to chase that. And I think it's wonderful to have, you know, I have my own goals with what I want to do around the world and the millions of people that I want to, you know, impact. Um, but in the meantime, I'm making a living, you know, while I'm also pursuing those larger goals. So I think that's what's great. Um, and also as you grow and you partner, you know, with, um, and that's how, how I look at it, like a record label or a manager to partner, you know, with a record label or manager, if you already have, you know, 10,000 buying customers, a record label looks at that as, Hey, they're already bringing, you know, and let's say those 10,000 people spend $20 a year. You're already making $200,000 a year. 
So that record label goes, hey, we're partnering with a, an artist that's already making $200,000 a year. So this is a really great partnership. So they're going to offer you a better deal as well because you're bringing something to the table instead of them just taking all of the risk, putting all the financial risk, putting all their resources while you're just sitting around creating music and doing fun stuff. You know, so I, I do recommend um, a mailing list for people that are wanting to sell their music, you know, their own original music. I think that that is the best way that you could possibly um, do that. You know, use Spotify, use iTunes, use all those things. But, you know, if, if people ever notice, if they go to my YouTube video on the bottom, it says, if you want three of my songs for free, go to grabmysong.com. And when they go to grabmysong.com or grabmysongs.com. <laughs> that's a good domain. I'm surprised yeah, you locked that one in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I, I, I was like, okay, that's a cool domain. And it's easy to, to remember, hey, go to grabmysong.com. I can say that when I do radio interviews. I can say that when I do yeah. TV interviews. I say, don't buy my music. Go get my music for free at grabmysong.com. Well, they have to put their email address in and immediately they're sent my music. And from that point on, I can then sell them my music for the rest of their lives. And it's not just regular people that I don't know if they want my music. They want my music. These are targeted people that are interested in me. They care about what I'm releasing. They're going to show up to my shows. They want my stuff. And so that's what's really, really valuable um, if you're trying to build a career selling online. Mm, I love it. There's so much value there, you guys that are listening. Like she is just dropping so many bombs. I know we probably have some people you know, that feel kind of stuck in that just want to be creative and just can't get to, like focus on the business or doesn't want to focus on the business side. So do you have any tips for creatives who just feel like they can't, you know, like I just can't do the business side or I can't focus on it or can't balance it out. Do you have any advice for those types of creatives and artists? My favorite slogan is from Nike, right? Just do it. I love how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to do it. That's it. If you don't do it, you'll never have a career. And that's all. And the world doesn't owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything because you're talented. Nobody owes you. You just have to decide. You have to make a decision. Is my fear of learning the business, is my laziness of not wanting to learn the business worth it to give up the opportunity to have my dream? And you're making a choice. If you don't learn the business part of it, you've already chose your future. You've chosen that you're most likely not going to make money off music. Now it's possible you might get discovered. Someone might just find you and do everything for you. You also might win the lottery. Are you going to put all your eggs in that basket? You know, I decided I didn't want to do that. So um, my advice is make a choice because every person has to just make a choice. You either do it or you don't. Awesome. Well, we're coming up on the last bit of our interview together. Do you have any last bit of parting advice for the listeners who are listening that want to take their music career to the next level? Um, you know, one, perfect your craft. Obviously, you have to have the talent. Work with great producers, you know, and whatever that is. Um, you know, if that means you have to work three jobs to afford it, you know, then maybe that's what you need to do, but have a plan. First, you have to have that talent and good, you know, good music. And then second, you need, I, I would say the, the most valuable thing that I could have possibly done is learn the business of this because I have met the most talented people who know nothing about the business, who are struggling so hard. And I know people who have 10% of their talent, but because they learned the business, they have thri thriving music careers. I see it all the time. 
I see it all the time. So talent doesn't represent how successful you're going to be. There needs to be a balance between the two. And unfortunately, if you know, if you don't know the business, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be successful. So um, I just recommend that people educate themselves. You know, my, um, my uh, email or my YouTube channel um, that I have, and I'll, again, I'll give you that so you can share with them. I have tons of free information on there, you know, tons of free tutorials, tons of free, you know, here's how to, you know, build your EPK. Here's how to create a promo video. Here's what a publishing company does. Here's, you know, why you need a lawyer. Here's, you know, how to get your movie, your music on movies and commercials and, you know, how to, you know, all these types of things are all avenues for you to make money. And so the more that you can educate yourself, um, knowledge is power but um, you have to apply that knowledge as well. So you have to take action on that. So um, I really encourage that. Educate yourself and then take action. So those three things I think are very important. Perfect your craft, educate yourself on the business of it, and then take action. Those three things, they, you, those things are the most important, you know, general steps for you to be able to create a career. So, um, and I would, you know, I would just highly recommend that there's, you know, to check out my channel and there's plenty of other um, really great influencers on YouTube as well that, um, you know, can educate people on how to move forward. That's amazing. And to everybody listening, like she said, you, you have your first step, like check out her YouTube. She has awesome value. And I'm a true believer in investing in yourself financially in this, the paid for education that she provides is definitely worth the money. I mean, it saves you time, it saves you headache, and it's going to get you, get you to where you want to be faster. So definitely, I always like to tell creatives because, you know, along with mindset, there's like the money mindset too, and investing yourself. It's like, oh, I can learn everything for free. But through my entrepreneurial experience, the paid for value that you, you can get into and invest in yourself is what's going to really, really take your business and life to the next level. So yes, like I said, I, I've got one of your things um, already and I think it's an amazing value. I'm not in the music industry and I think it's awesome. And I know the value that I can bring. So definitely go check that out guys. Is there, Christine, is there anything else that um, our listeners can look forward to? Do you have any projects coming up, any releases or anything exciting that everybody can check out soon? Yeah, yeah, I have a lot. Um, you know, the piano course that I told you about, teaching everyone how to play piano in seven days. Um, I'll have that out hopefully in just a few months. Um, apart from that, I'm going to be releasing a Spanish project, like a Spanglish, mm -hmm. Spanish English project. So um, I am collaborating with a few big artists in the Latin industry. I'm not going to say who they are yet, but um, it'll come out eventually. So I'm excited about that. I'm shooting a music video um, for one of my songs at the end of this month. Um, so I have my own creative projects and then I have my own projects again to help other artists. So I really enjoy um, creating my own stuff. And then during the process, like during the process of this music video, for example, I'm going to show everybody how to shoot a music video, you know, so I like to do it myself for my own stuff. And then I like to show other people how to do it. So it's really <laughs> fun. So, um, you know, if people follow me along on Instagram and Facebook, I'll give you all those links. Um, you know, if they're interested in my music or if they're interested in learning how they can apply, you know, how I built my career to help them build their career, they can just follow along. And I'm always really like excited to help people. So if people have questions, like feel free to uh, message me. Um, I really like to, to help other artists because I didn't have anybody to help me. I didn't have anybody at all. I had to learn everything myself. So um, if I can help other people kind of expedite, you know, their, their creating their career for themselves, it, it it makes me really happy as well. 
Oh, that's awesome, girl. Well, thank you so much for your time and all the value that you gave on this this podcast episode. I'm super excited um, to have you on and just thank you so much for your time. This is really good. Awesome. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDF. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.